Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Fit Talk with Nick. I am your host, Nick Rodriguez, and this is the podcast where we just go over a broad range of health and wellness topics. Today, we're going to go over very, well, a bunch of various topics, one of them being warm-ups and cool-downs. The rest are just going to be some thoughts on some things I've been learning and seeing in the world. Hopefully, everybody has been staying on top of all of their goals, whether that be walking, doing those push-ups, working on the squats, improving the planks. Those are just foundational things that everybody's got to work on, myself included. I got my plank back up to two and a half minutes. I'm working on doing one set of 50 squats body weight. My push-ups, I never really struggle with the push-ups, but there's always room for improvement because I like to get back to where I was before. Um, and when it comes to walking, I am failing at walking in the morning, I'll tell you, but in the evenings, I'm a-okay. I don't really got a problem with that because it's really, it relaxes me when I get home. It's something I look forward to, so I don't really mind it. Today might be a little bit uh, iffy just because it is a rainy out, but I'm still going to do my best. I got hoodies at home. It's no big deal. There is some new news, though. New news. There is some information that popped out, or at least I recently got. A friend told me this. It's about Planet Fitness. They are allowing high school kids to work out during the summer for free. For free from the age of 14 to 18, you can go to any Planet Fitness and sign up and just work out for free, no charge. I'm sure they're going to try to rope you in once you get older and you're of age, but take advantage while you can. That is actually really cool. Um, When I heard about that, it's necessary. I'm reading a book right now called The Obesity Code. It's by Jason Fung. Check it out if you can. It is... It's... It's kind of opening my mind a little bit to thinking about nutrition. He takes it, or he at least looks at it from a hormonal point of view. Um, But one of the topics that he talks about is childhood obesity. He really talks about how over the past 20 years, kids have been getting fatter. Kids have been getting more obese. We're just unhealthy. Uh, It's not necessarily the kid's fault. It's kind of the parent's fault, more or less. Um, But it's just the way that we're growing and how we are adapting to our eating now. It is a crazy book that has a lot of info. Once you piece it all together and you start reading, it makes sense on why everything's so bad. So that's why this news um, kind of resonates with me. It makes me really happy. I dig it because all those kids that suffer with all this obesity, whether it be can't buy the right food, you're not as active as you think, um, just a lack of motivation or access, it at least gives people an opportunity to test it out to see if they like it. And not only that, I think it's good for kids to keep working out at a young age, or at least start to, I should say. Um, That way they can learn the habits. They can learn how to take care of themselves. They can learn how to work out their back, their chest, their legs. They can pretty much learn how to tackle their physical goals. And it sets them up to moving properly. Um, Because I find that kids aren't really, not kids, but high schoolers, aren't really opposed to exercise. Especially once they get size (laughs) and they start getting attention. But it's... The issue with movement, where I work at now, there's a bunch of high schoolers that come in in the evenings. They all do the bodybuilding poses, they, but they all also work out in a crowd. They're very, they're very like eager. Okay, they're excited to lift. They're excited to get in there and have the opportunity to pick things up and put them down. And I really can't, I can't hate on that. Um, the one thing that they, they need is some proper form instruction. They need somebody to coach them on how to move properly. I think that Planet Fitness opening that up, hopefully they have some trainers walking around giving some um, some guidance. I think that is great for the youth to actually get into at a young age and it'll help them out 
when it comes to training for sports. Think about all the parents. That's that's a whole bonding thing, whether with friends, neighbors, parents, uncles, um, coaches, other athletes. It's just a way for the kids to start building themselves up at a younger age, give them a little bit more responsibility with themselves. So all in all, that is phenomenal. I think that is nationwide too. Um, it's definitely not per area, like simply in Bethlehem, but I'm pretty sure it's all over. So it's a franchise, a little chain gym, so most likely that's the case. And with that, some of the other things I want to talk about, warm-up and cool-down. The importance of a warm-up and the importance of a cool-down. A lot of people skip on those. I actually used to skip on these a lot when I was younger. Probably explain a bunch of my injuries. Um, But when it comes to warming up, how to do it, how long should you do it, what should you do, and why should you do it. I think everybody can kind of figure out why from a general sense. You're warming up your muscles. So that is the easiest way to think of it and is the correct way to think of it. You want to get down to the science of it. You can go in and talk about extra blood flow, warming up of the muscles, getting used to that tension and getting used to basically completing that movement because you're going to add weight to it later in the exercise. And basically you can warm up with all types of methods, I'd say. Elliptical, rower, treadmill, dynamic exercise, uh, static stretching. And based on those two, what we know about static stretching, you're sitting there, just stretching your leg. Think of a toe touch. Stand up, bend over, touch your toes, hold for 30 seconds. Very static. Um, a dynamic stretch, though. Think about standing up, putting putting your hand on the wall, left or right, and you're going to swing your leg, kick it through the air, back and forth. That's dynamic. There's movement in there. You're going to do it for 20 leg kicks. There's movement. It loosens your, up your body and joints in a different way um, than static stretching does. Both are beneficial. Uh, you'd have to read, really actually go into the research to see static stretching. I've actually heard static stretching is slowly kind of making its way out of the mobility um, field, I want to say. And people are more relying on like dynamic stretching and other actual like foam rolling um, using lacrosse balls, using more like joint manipulation, using resistance bands. Um, but you really can't go wrong with static stretching, except if it's before competition. Um, people would think and people would say it's something that has to be looked at too. I should definitely refresh my mind on it because I could be wrong. Things change. Um, but they would always say that you stretch too much prior to competition. There's a chance. There's a chance that you won't perform as good if you're not a competitor you're not doing sports at the collegiate level or professional level, don't worry about it. If you're literally going to the gym just to get healthy and get started, that don't pertain to you. A lot of the stuff, actually, when it comes to like research, doesn't pertain to the general population. You know, if, if, if they say static stretching before doing squats decreases your strength by 20%, for example, if that was being said, that doesn't necessarily apply to you. If you're literally a 43-year-old person who goes home and gardens on the weekends, you don't need to worry about losing power when you're static stretching. If you're basically just trying to stay healthy so you can go on your ski trips in the winter, you don't need to worry about the effects of static stretching right before competition. It's not going to kill um, your skiing performance or any of your, basically your muscular demands prior to. It's just not something that should be worried about when it comes to general people. Length of warm up. I shoot five to 10 minutes. If you want to go a little bit longer because you have like injuries or you just want to take the time to do that, that's perfectly fine. 
Um, but I always do it five to 10 minutes, except for my hamstrings. I definitely take a little bit of time on my hamstrings. My hips are just stiff. So we'll say 15. I'm going to bump up to 15. Typically, it runs into that anyway, because around five is like what I do on the treadmill. You walk for five. Maybe you roll up and down on the like little foam roller for five minutes just to get the, the torso opened up. But all in all, it's probably around 10, 15 minutes, to be honest. Um, and then how? Pretty much we went over all of that, man. You can do dynamic warm-up, stretching. You can use a foam roller to open up your back. Bands, just simple movement. You just want to get your body primed for exercise. Think about using like a gas lawnmower. Your warm-up is you pressing that little ignition bubble that sucks the gas in to start up the mower. Once that lawnmower is on, that's your workout. The other important part is the cool down. Now, I uh, I am guilty of being one of those people that will literally sprint out of the gym after they're exercising. Um, but when I catch myself, I definitely do not do that um, because I get real stiff real fast. Okay, so think about exercising when you're doing all that work. Basically, you're shortening your muscles. Okay, shortening them. They're going to get stiffer. They're just going to get tight. Okay, so one way to counteract that is during the cool down, after you spent 20, 30 minutes shortening your muscles and making them contract, you go stretch them back out again. Your body actually operates on something called length tension relation, <laughs> length tension relationships within your muscles. So it's like a muscle imbalance. Um, basically, you're going to work out. It's going to cause the imbalance. You're going to stretch them, which is going to try to correct the imbalance. Um, that imbalance that's there pretty much every day is just... It's, it's those, that tension working against one another, but always do a cool down, whether you're foam rolling your muscles, whether you're using a lacrosse ball to sit on, to stretch your glutes, anything, just don't stop exercising and then go sit in your car for the 20 minute drive home. Cause you're going to stiffen up. And then by the time you stretch later, you're already cooled down. Your muscles are already cold. It's, it's, it's not going to feel the same. It's not going to work the same. Um, but how can you do that? Same thing as you did before. You can do your static stretching. Use those tools. Um, do some cardio to cool down. So ellipticals, rower, bike, treadmill. Just bring your heart rate back to baseline so you're not sitting in the car with a, with 130 beats per minute just wondering what's going on, acting like you just took pre-workout even though you just burned all of it off. Something that's been fascinating me though recently reading this book is how little we know about nutrition. Um, we're going to take a little sidestep from warm-ups and cool-downs real quick because I really got to go on this nutrition thing. It is on my brain. We do not know. We do not know as much as we think we do. And I just find it interesting because it's such a big industry um, that actually, I'm trying to think of this real quick. It is a, it's a giant industry that really has a lot of effect on people's lives. You know, that like that's the food that we eat. And I already think our food pyramid is upside down. And I'm totally willing to discuss with anybody about the food pyramid because it's just, it's inverted in my opinion. But I digress. So in this book where I'm reading about, it, it's, he goes on about caloric deficit. So how we think about dieting now or how we think about consuming food and losing weight. But he shifts to like a hormonal perspective, which is very interesting because I at least have never heard about that. Like I've never, no one's ever talked to me about nutrition um, in regards of what it only does to your insulin levels or how it makes you feel, what type of hormones are released. 
um, on a physical sense, it's kind of like people only worry about body comp, which is cool. But in this book, he draws body composition comes from what's happening inside your body, hormonally or metabolically, right? Because your hormones tell your body what to do. So it's just such a cool switch up on the way to think about nutrition. I think people should read and kind of expand their mind when it comes to that. You know, none of none of the base stuff in the book is different. You know, carbs, proteins, fats, you you it's all the same. Those are all your most important macros. They break down into the same thing. It's just the way that it's being pieced together has me visualize nutrition in just a different way. And there's a lot of studies and um, examples that are pretty much drawn to in that book. And one of them that stuck out to me was the Minnesota starvation study. I'm just going to give you like a quick little summary of this. I'm not diving into this. Smarter men can explain this. <laughs> and uh, there's probably tons of articles online you can read. I'll definitely find one and I'll pop it on the Facebook but this is pretty much just a hot take, not really a hot take, but something on my mind what what I thought of when I read this. So this study basically takes like 30 people. Um, and what they do is they cut the calories of these people. It's all men. They cut the calories in half. So they went from having 3,000 calorie diets down to like 1,500. I was always taught growing up that your metabolism is going to speed up when you don't eat. Right, it just kicks in, but that chapter basically went into the point of that's not the case. When you eat, your metabolism rises. When you stop eating, your metabolism slows down. Now, mentally, this is this is what I think as human beings. Okay, our bodies want one thing; they yearn for certain things. But mentally, we are pulling ourselves away, or we move towards a different direction. Do you know what I mean? So if our body craves oranges, we'd rather substitute something else out for oranges. That's mentally, that's what we want to do. Physiologically, your body wants something else. So upon reading <laughs> that it slowed your metabolism down whenever you cut calories, that was always very interesting to me. So essentially, all those people did lose weight, which is cool, right? That's what everybody expects from our diets. So think about when somebody diets, they cut the calories and then you lose weight. Phenomenal. He paid attention to the follow-up of this study. All those people ended up gaining all that weight back. And then they gained a little bit more. Now, I'm not here to tell you not to do diets. I'm here to say the cool thing about the study is how long it took their metabolism to go back to normal once they cut the calories. It took about a year, I think they said. So 12 months, their metabolism was still operating at a slower level even though they went back to eating their normal calories at the end of the study. So I think that's cool in a way that people can apply that to themselves or at least people they may know or at least other examples in real life. So people who actually do cut calories, they lose that weight, that's cool. Eventually your body's going to adapt to that. I didn't realize that it was more in a survival sense that your, metabol your metabolism is going to slow down, so that way you you gain that weight all over again. You burn less energy. And it's just crazy that that's been our diet culture for decades. <laughs> like, that's been our diet culture for a very long time. And, you know, whether everything in this book is, it's, it's all got to be looked at, I think, personally. Because if that holds a lot of weight, everyone's been dieting incorrectly for the past 50 years. Longer which is wild because, I mean, I'm only a lowly personal trainer, right? The guy who wrote this book, he's a kidney doctor. 
But when I have clients come up to me asking, like, oh, what am I doing wrong? What am I, you know, I'll tell you what you're doing right. And I'll also tell you what you're doing wrong. But in this case of nutrition, the, the complexity of it all, how many directions it can go, all the factors, how unique everybody is, it's it's wild to actually give somebody an answer. You know, and I'm not really suggesting people what to eat or if they should eat a specific way. All I'm encouraging is that people read, just go check things out. Um, be skeptical. Be skeptical. Being skeptical is not, not a bad thing because um, you learn things that way. You know, you're allowed to question things. But I think nutrition, when it comes to nutrition, boy, oh boy, there is a lot left for us to learn um, in regards to pretty much everything. So that's a cool little study I did. I'm just going to remind you, all right, eat your carbs, eat your fats, eat your proteins. Percentages of how much you should eat per day, I think you should look look at the data that you're given, any resources you got, talk to people, talk to dietitian, talk to trainers, talk to people who've actually successfully lost weight and kept it off. Ask them what they did, and people can make their decisions. At the end of the day, there's just so much info in the world, even in the world of training, like, it's also subjective. There's 19 different ways to do a bench press. You go ask five different trainers, you could literally hear a different reason and have a different demo for every single one. It all just depends on what works for the individual. And that's kind of the same freedom that people have when it comes to nutrition, except there's a lot more. It's very open world. Okay. It's kind of like a video game with no guidance. I was actually just talking to somebody about video games. It's basically Elden Ring on hard. And you're kind of just trial and error. You kind of see what sticks. You see how far you get when you die or you put that weight back on. You just got to basically readjust all over again and see what works and see what doesn't work. But again, I definitely recommend the obesity code to anybody who's interested basically about how you digest the food, how what you eat matters inside of your body, not necessarily like how much fat you gain or how much lean muscle you gain, but what's going on inside your body anytime you eat or anytime you're not eating. And always remember, substitute water for all the bad trash we we drink. Because I drink you know, a lot of soda back in the day, but we're subbing it all out. We just sub it out. I still struggle to this day, I'll tell you. We're going to dial back real quick to warm-ups and cool-downs. Something just popped into my head. Whenever you do your warm-ups and cool-downs, make sure they're specific to the movement that you're doing, okay? Um, for example, if you're going to do push-ups, if it's like your chest and back day, warm up your legs, of course. Uh, but don't only focus on your legs. The primary focus should be on your upper body because that's what you're going to be pushing. That's what you're going to be pulling. Um, so don't don't always fo- only focus on the bottom half, okay? The TLC should still be given to your upper body especially if that's what you're working on. And another thing that I wanted to toss in, work on your balance training. Um, Speed, agility, and quickness is very underrated, I'd say, especially when you get older. As you get older, your your prevalence of falling, like, skyrockets. Literally, like, you're just... It don't matter. You could just turn your head too fast. You might topple over and pop a hip out. Who knows? You could be reaching for a towel. You could you could fall over. Speed, agility, and quickness training is fantastic. Yes, it's athletic type training. You're moving like an athlete, like a football player, basketball player. However, that carries into your real world, like quality of life. Okay, so if you if you got somebody who's fifty, 
they're moving kind of slow. I think everyone will notice this. Older individuals, when they lose leg strength, they shuffle their feet a lot more. They don't even really pick them up that much. Um, that's probably just because that muscle is atrophying. They're really not that active anymore. But they'll start to shuffle their feet. So something that is actually very good for them is to maybe have them do a ladder drill. You know those like uh, those foot quickness drills. Have them do that. Get that muscle firing again, firing quick. I just tapped my foot into the table. Have them move their legs quickly. Um, so that way they're basically able to do that in case they would fall. Think about how fast you got to shoot your arm out or shoot your foot out whenever you're tripping. Once you're older, that it all slows down. <laughs> so if you only have half a second reaction time and it takes you 0.75 seconds to put your hand out, you're going to face plant. Um, and that's something that we got to prevent. Um, for longevity purposes, man, quality of life. We got to help people out when it comes to that. So if you're an older individual or you know somebody who's an older individual or you cannot move that quick or you have bad balance, try out some agility drills, quickness drills, speed drills. Okay, it's good to it's good to move quick. I think of it in terms of we're still animals. Yeah, we're the smartest animals. Maybe next to dolphins, wink, wink. But we are smart animals. We're complex. Um, but we can't waste what we have. You know what I'm saying? You can't waste that. We got to we, we gotta stay on top of it. Our bodies too, bodies, minds, the way we think, the way we move ourselves and take care of ourselves. Um, so that's important. So do your speed, agility, and quickness drills. Just do a ladder. Work on like a little 12-inch hurdle. Do anything that you have to move a limb quickly. And if you need assistance with balance, just like hold a stick, put your hand on a wall, do something that you're not super unstable, but over time, your body's going to adapt to that, to that quickness or however slow we all begin, um, but your body's going to adapt and you're only going to improve in the long run. All right, let me recap quick. Warm up, cool downs, very important. Um, try to do them 10 minutes or so. Remember with that warm up, you're trying to end that cool down. You're trying to keep everything specific. So warm up, keep it all specific, cool down, pretty much hit everything that you just tackled in that session because it is important to get those muscles relaxed before we cool down for the rest of the day. If you are a high schooler or you know a high schooler, get them in Planet Fitness. That, high, that, that, that summer pass membership is actually really cool, and I'm excited to see what it does for the youth. I mean, it, gives, it opens up a world of opportunities for people, whether they realize it or not. Um, it doesn't touch every single one of us, but there are people in the world that they're going to hear that news and they're going to be ecstatic. It's going to be good to see. Check out the obesity code. Feel free to read it. Anybody wants to talk about it or they have comments, concerns, questions, somebody want to fact check me, tell me I'm wrong. I, I have no idea. Um, like I said, that was a real crazy hot take. Just because I am finally forming my thoughts on this nutrition aspect and really, really trying to get down to like the, um, the grid of it, really trying to understand it um, just so people can have a clear message. And I'm, like I said, I'm learning too. Um, check out that Minnesota starvation study too. Just to, just so you can see it. Just so you can see it. Believe it. I think it's, it's a testament. It should be looked at when it comes to the way that people diet. The way that people think about food. And this next steps that they should take when it comes to that. But again, feel free. Hit me up on the email and or the Facebook because I'd be happy to chat.
Alrighty, but thank you for listening to Fit Talk. Please feel free and leave a review and or share this with friends or family. You can find this show on rumrunnerspodcastnetwork.com or anywhere that you get podcasts. Again, feel free to join that Facebook group and or send me an email at askfitnick at gmail.com. Always keep learning, stay consistent, and have a fantastic day. Thank you.